Hi, I'm Kate Hudson. And my name is Oliver Hudson. We wanted to do something that highlighted our relationship. And what it's like to be siblings. We are a sibling rivalry. No, no. Sibling rivalry. Don't do that with your mouth. (laughs) Sibling rivalry. That's good. Hey, Siri, do you have any siblings? I don't have a family tree, but I have a pretty great file directory. Oh, so That's sad. really sad, Siri. Hey, Siri, do you have a brother? I don't have a family the way a person would. Are you sad? If you're good, I'm good. Oh. So you're sort of submissive. I don't have an answer for that. Is there something else I can help with? No, just she's leave like, me alone. Leave, she's like, leave me alone. What do you mean? I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> <laughs> we do a lot of these episodes that's just us and where we talk about whether it be, I don't know, it's always been on the holidays. But I felt like it would be a good idea to go through the emails that were sent to us. Yeah. These are some of the emails that have made us feel just grateful that we're able to reach and touch people to either talk about their relationships with their siblings or want to reach out and have a Here's, stronger connection. I like this siblings. one. This one's my favorite one. Okay. Because it says Oliver, parentheses, and Kate. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say their email, but you can say I'm their not. name. My name is Lindsay, and I find Oliver's position in your sibling relationship extremely relatable. <laughs> Although I consider myself mildly successful on paper, my successes are most definitely trumped by my younger sister, Katie. Oh, wow. We're a little over six years apart in age, and she has somehow managed in her shorter lifespan to accomplish more than me. To illustrate, I'll start with just a basic genetic superiority. I'm 5'10 in height, the shortest of four siblings. I'm the oldest of wow. all of these tall assholes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay's like, I did not expect this to be read on the podcast. Katie, the youngest, is also one of the tallest, coming in at a whopping 6'5". Whoa. Oh, I want I want a picture of these girls. I know. She didn't even have to try. She just grew up and naturally surpassed me. I'd like wow. to think your sibling stardom in the entertainment industry is a lot like Katie and I in the athletic world. I played every sport you can imagine growing up and was a standout athlete in high school. I went on to play D3 volleyball and basketball in college at a small women's college in North Carolina. Awesome. awesome. I thought I had a damn good athletic career. Dot, dot, dot. All caps, wrong. <laughs> Katie broke every record possible in high school volleyball. Oh, my God. She was nationally recognized and even trained with the Olympic national team at one point. She was heavily recruited by every college in the country and was given a scholarship at Penn State University. Yes. The mecca of volleyball institutions. See? Katie trumps again. We also have several, uh, several hilarious sibling stories from growing up. One involves a dog shot collar and another a swing set and tornado. <laughs> we would love the chance to talk to you guys. Da, da, da. Anyway, thanks for the laughs. Keep up the good work. We love it. Best, Lindsay, whatever. I can't, I'm not going to say the last name. And in parentheses, Katie. 
<laughs> that is so great. So she put Katie in parentheses. Yeah. Oh, Lindsay, that's so great. That's cool. I mean, the the thing is, though, see, Lindsay gets the, the sense of humor. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, exactly. you kind of build, <laughs> you build a different skill set, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I, I will also say that it is also how you look at success. Well, it's, I think you're competitive with your siblings no matter what. That's just the way it is. I think there's an, under, there's an undercurrent of competition with your siblings. It's not a negative thing. It's just there's an inherent competition. So this is from Whitney. This is actually a very um, sweet one and kind of sad but meaningful. Whitney says, hey, guys, I absolutely love your podcast. It's such a unique program. And in a sea of overwhelming choices, it's so refreshing to hear from siblings. It means more to me than you know, because I'm the youngest of three girls. My oldest sister moved away when I was still young. And while we have a good relationship, we hardly ever see each other due to 3,000 mile distance. My other sister, who's two years older than me, has always been my best friend and the closest person to me in my life. Until five years ago when she had a complete breakdown and was diagnosed as bipolar mm. and with paranoid schizophrenia. The person I once knew is completely gone and it is hands down the most. Mm. I just can't. I know. Heart-wrenching, unbelievable pain I've ever experienced. She was here one day and the next she was convinced that we were all literally trying to murder her. But she still sounds like her. She looks like her. She smells like her and eats like her and walks like her. But her personality is just gone. And she's now very hostile to say the least. It's a strange feeling to have to mourn someone who's still alive and sitting right in front of you. But that's what my family has had to do. Anyway, the point I'm making is I love hearing you two talk to other siblings about how you've all gone through this life together and made it through. <laughs> I can't handle this. <laughs> That's rough. It's a rough one. <clears throat> made it through so much and held on to each other through it all. It's not an option I have anymore, and I finally mm. accepted that after years of trying, but I still so desperately crave the sister relationship we had 30 years. Listening is therapeutic for me, and I just wanted to say thank you. The podcast is something I didn't know I wanted, but I so desperately needed. Mm. Lots of love. Wow. Wow. It's one of those things, isn't it, where you just sort of like... Well, be grateful. That <laughs> 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 <But> I'm not... <laughs> No, but I'm, Whitney, I'm, seri I'm serious. Such so, an like, asshole, don't no, worry. But no, I'm <laughs> serious, so be grateful for your health. Well, your health. Your mental and, health. And I, I think know, what I mean, she's saying is 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 the time that she had, thirty years that she's had to accept and let go that it's different. Yeah. And I think that it's something that again that we all struggle with is acceptance that things change, life changes. Sometimes you can't get it back. There's a lot of siblings out there and people who grow up that probably like, as Jeffrey said, from the sibling effect, you know, probably it's best for them not to be, have a relationship, mm -hmm. you know, that might be too heavy to play on this. No way. I think it's important, by the way, <sighs> that people even hear her story. 
you know? Because how many people are probably going through situations like this? And maybe there's some comfort there. I'm Uh, sorry, Whitney. We love you. Let's see. Hello, Oliver and Kate. Nice. I got got first billing again. (laughs) Wins, 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 wins. I am so enjoying your podcast. Love you both professionally and your family from years of snippets into the wonder of your love for each other. I'm a mom to two boys and a motherless daughter since the age of 14. My oldest is turning 14 in January, and I've been struggling with knowing how to be a mother to him. I have nothing to use in his example for these teenage years. Being an only child brings its own challenges to parenting siblings. So I really thank you for this podcast. It's so interesting to hear about sibling relationships and I find it so comforting. That's interesting. She's an only child, but has multiple kids. Her mother passed away when she, she was, was 14. 14. She has a daughter and doesn't really know what to do. I mean, I wonder what happened. I wonder if she was ra- who she was raised by or if her dad or. I don't know, but that's, I, I've never thought of that <sighs> actually. Sad. I mean, being an only child and then having multiple kids, it's sort of like, oh shit, how do I deal with this that dynamic? dynamic? Yeah. And then on top of it, she has a 14-year-old girl, and she's curious. I think it's funny. It goes back to so many so many people that I've talked to through the years, sort of whether they be professionals or- Oh, sorry. 14-year-old boy. My bad. Sorry. Or spiritual you know, guidance or what have you. But I think in a moment like that, that's when your kids become your teachers, and you have to like- I, I mean, I know that when I'm out of my comfort zone in something, I look to the lesson. I look to them to guide me. Do you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that if you're tuned into that, I mean, clearly, I mean, as a mother, you're not going to let your kids get into the kind of trouble that you want them. You're, you know, you're going to parent them. But like understanding their dynamic is that you're going to learn with them. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a beautiful, what a beautiful healing life experience for for her what about her 14 year old boy 14 year old boys i mean we were just talking about ollie and i were just talking about middle school and so that would mean that he's in eighth or ninth grade Mm -hmm. and so he's kind of coming out of that really crazy i mean for me middle school was the heart is the hardest because kids are really trying to figure it out it's kind of all over the place. When they get into high school, it starts to kind of even out a little bit. You start to understand your 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 friend groups or your social and your social circles. But it's also when kids can really try to individuate from their parents. So if, if you have a challenging relationship with them, they kind of start to push you away a little bit more. Uh, again, I think if I was sitting with her right now, I would say just always remind your kids that that's who they have. Like we always talk about that. Like those are your siblings. Like when I'm long gone and she knows, how lucky are you that you always get to have your sibling? Mm-hmm. I you never had that ex- she never mm. had that experience. So mm-hmm. you know what a what a gift she's given her right. kids. Right. God, 14 year old boys. Teenage boys, it's a, it's a thing. It's a real thing. This is from Nick. Hello. Excuse my random subject was my favorite pun idea. Haha. Anyways, I wanted to thank you all. I got first billing on this one. Kate, Oliver, and Co. 
for doing this show. I can't express enough the gratitude I have for the gift of honest sibling communication you've given my siblings and I. I'm the oldest of four. We have two older siblings. We lost our dad when I was eight. I, just, I can't take this stuff. I'm too emotional. It's real my life. son is 16 today and I'm It's real life. Just sad. I'm not sad. I'm happy sad. <laughs> just let it out. Shut up. <laughs> and my youngest brother was eight months. Oh, and when the dad died? This obviously created special bonds between us as siblings. Mm. And until now, we've never articulated or reflected on the honest emotions surrounding our sibling relationships. My sister and I, the Kate and Oliver of our family, are very close now and have had some of the deepest conversations we've ever had reflecting on episodes of your podcast. Oh. This makes me so happy. <laughs> oh, I'm trying not to cry. <sighs> but it makes me feel good because it's like everything, like everything we have in life is our connections and our family. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is just Kate cries. This is the episode we should just where I just cried the whole cries. time. That's oh, okay. The best reason I have for us feeling safe to talk about these things is your honest sharing of your own experiences and the stories of your guests. It sounds silly writing this out because we don't know either of you personally and have no connection other than our shared sibling experiences. How powerful is that? Very powerful, Nick. I could go on, but I think you see where I'm coming from. You're both awesome. I can't wait to hopefully visit a live event when you're both in Chicago. Let's go to Chicago. Love and positive vibes to, vibes to you both and the sibling revelry team, Revelon. Oh, I love, who is this? I know. We're going to invite him to the I show. Li I like him a lot. Oh, By the way, God. Revelon. Nick. Revlon. Maybe we get Revlon to sponsor the show. <laughs> Nick, that is so wow. meaningful. Thank you. I want Nick to I, come hang. I uh maybe we win our live shows, you know, we're gonna get people to come up and talk to them a little bit. If you got the courage, maybe we'll get you up on stage for a couple minutes. I love hearing that though so much. You I know, know we've talked about it before and in the New Year's episode a little bit, but just how we set out to do one thing and then, you know, I, to be able to sort of touch people like that, you know, even if it's Nick and a few of these few people, it's just so fucking cool. I know. And it's, it's such a great feeling to know this is that the coolest people, thing I've ever done in my whole really career. understand. <laughs> it is this even is the more coolest than how, what thing we I've ever done in what my we were career. trying to do that. It's that the connection, it also makes me feel even closer to my brother. Who? Which one? You. Oh. Although I did talk to Wyatt today. I feel like he's coming up there in like number one position. <laughs> we've been we've been talking a lot lately. Well, I love that little man. Yeah. We're gonna keep this in. So fuck you, Wyatt. <laughs> we're keeping this in. We can't talk about it. We can. I'm, we're keeping this one in because I love you. We love you, Wyatt. <laughs> 
Coors Light. This is a beer that is near and dear to our hearts, especially mine. We grew up in Colorado. Yes, we did. I actually went to school in Boulder, which was right outside of Golden, Colorado, where the Coors Brewing Company is. Did you really go to school, though? No, but I drank Coors. <laughs> That's what got me through the, the, tough, the tough nights and the cold days. Right. But you know what they didn't have then was the cold blue mountain when a Coors Light gets cold. Oh, the mountain goes blue. Oh, and you really? know that I it's didn't know that. Yeah, you know that it's perfect temperature and it's a freezing ice cold oh, Coors cool. Light. That's yes. so. I've been drinking this beer for a long, long ass time. Mm-hmm. You know, it was born in the Rocky Mountains, 1978. Only 102 calories. It just goes down so smooth and so easily. You know, you drink one and before you know it, you're three in, and the party is just better. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> That's how you chill? That's how I chill. Oh, my God. Yeah, so when you want to reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Zola. So it's engagement season. It's mm-hmm. in full swing. Starting Thanksgiving, spanning through Valentine's Day is usually the engagement season. Mm-hmm. And... I know for me, I've been, I've already been to oh God, yeah. so many weddings yes. and then I've got more to come mm-hmm. and it seems to be quite the... It's happening. Yeah, a, it's lot, of weird, a lot of weddings. Happening. So Zola is a website yes. and it makes wedding planning easier, less less stressful mm-hmm. for the wedding planner or for the, or, or, or or the, for the couple. But also the websites and the registry and the invites and, and the guest list manager. Right. It's all so it's in a, it's, one it's, place. Right. Everything's in one place. The registry, the invites... And it's the highest rated registry of all time. And it's beautiful. It's affordable. It's a one-stop shop. It's like affordable invites, the paper. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's a one-stop shop. You know what's cool, too? There's a honeymoon fund, which I think... That's really popular these days. It's great. I mean, it's like, do I want a blender or do I want like a hundred bucks towards... Yeah, an experience experience. with your partner. Right. Zola, you know, Zola has helped one million couples get married. So... Go to Zola.com slash sibling today and use promo code SAVE50. That's S-A-V-E-5-0 to get 50% off your save the dates. You can also get a free personalized paper sample before you purchase. That's 50% off save the dates at Zola.com slash sibling. Promo code SAVE50. Okay, this is from Soraya. Hello, Kate and Oliver, and crew team member monitoring this account. Smiley face. (laughs) Thank you so much for the fun and inspiring and overwhelming at times with how universal it feels about sibling podcast. I love listening and remembering stories from my childhood and life with my family. I'm the youngest of five. I have three brothers, one sister. I grew up in Grand Junction. Wow. Colorado, currently live in Denver. Go Bronx. Nice. Bronx Nation. Uh, My sister's friend, Cole, always claimed that Kate attended Fruita High School School when Goldie and Kurt had property on the Monument Factual? Factual? Hmm. Fruita? Fruita? Fruita's just outside of Grand Junction. I go mountain biking there. What? What? They had property on the Monument? I don't know what the Monument is. I don't know, Soraya. I don't think this is factual. I've actually doubted because he also claimed 
this during a time when he was a self-declared vampire. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> That's funny. Now we know. Now okay, we know. Okay, so. Now we know. Well. Clearly, clearly not factual. There's a 12-year age gap between my oldest sibling, Zanon, Zanon, and me. And the next oldest sibling for me is six years difference, but we all are ridiculously close. I feel very blessed in that regard. I was looking at Instagram while waiting to go to Al Chile for dinner. I'm currently in Nosara, Costa Rica, visiting my best friend. Anywho, thank you for sharing your light. Lights. If the poll applies to fans, I love how you are relatable, Oliver and Kate. You feel so Colorado vibe that I feel proud anytime I hear you mention Colorado and proud you repped when you were on your Bear Grylls adventure. Oh, mm. thank you. So this is from a girl named Jennifer. A poem I wrote about losing my brother. We were two and a half years apart. He's older than me. We were best of friends. It's coming up to 17 years now. And I still hurt as much as I did that day. Thank you for this podcast. It has touched me in so many ways. I just cannot explain. Hold on so dearly to each other. Love and protect each other fiercely for those of us who cannot anymore. So here's the poem. It's long, but it's good, poignant, real. It's a question that's been asked of me by so many the last 10 years. Why the night of New Year's Eve fills my eyes with tears. The answer could seem simple for why all those eves I've cried but how do I put it simply to you? It's the night my brother died. Christmas night, 2002, <clears throat> six months since our mom passed, I lay in bed with an ache in my heart, wondering how we would both last. In the eyes of the world, we were adults, 18 and 21, but the truth was we were like two little scared kids and lonely after losing our mom. For me, my pain was obvious. I hurt, I spoke, I cried. But Dave was a guy, and they're different. He kept his pain inside. His friends all tried to comfort him, but he'd laugh and give them cheek, joking his way from ease to ice to prove he wasn't weak. Between Christmas night and New Year's Eve is where we really came unstuck. Like a train wreck right in front of my eyes, I watched my brother self-destruct. We were fighting over the smallest things over those six short days, I told so many I feared this was it. They told me to trust God and pray. Five days after Christmas, in that week, I called the blues. I sat him down and begged him to stop, but it was a battle I knew I'd lose. He told me how much he loved me, and I knew deep down it was true. He said, I'll stop next year, I swear. Don't be scared, sis. It's me and you. Me and you against the world. Those words he said, I'll never forget. <clears throat> Who would believe in a few short days it would be me with a heart full of regret? New Year's Day came around. I remember it oh so clear. Don't go away, sis. Stay with me so we can party and see in the new year. The words I said next haunt me still. I don't care if it's selfish. I'm going away. I'm sick of running around after you, Dave. So no, I'm not going to stay. He bribed me with smiles, chocolate, and more, but it was useless. I'd made up my mind. I'm going to port, so if you don't want to come, then I'll just leave you behind. I can't go, sis. I've asked our friends here, so I'll meet you at Steve's the next day. He gave me a hug as tight as can be, kissed my cheek, and went on his way. 
I jumped in the car with my then boyfriend, Mitch, to make our way up the coast. When halfway there, what I saw in my mind to this day, I haven't told most. Like an awful dream while wide awake in a hospital bed I lay, tubes coming out of my nose and throat standing over me, my brother Dave. He was crying, standing there, holding my hand, begging me not to die. You have to know how much I love you, he said as the tears poured out of his eyes. It was like a vision, but felt so real. I honestly believed it was true. So I grabbed the phone and sent a text. I love you. I know you love me too. I'm sorry we've been fighting so much. I know it's because we're both sad. With me and you against the world, I know 2003 can't be bad. When I hit send, I did it because I thought my premonition would come true. And I needed to know if that were the case, our last words were, I love you. We pulled up at Steve's at 20 past nine and quite clearly I didn't die. Every 10 minutes checking my phone, but I never got a reply. Happy New Year, we all said at 12, had a drink and went to bed. I remember I even laughed to myself that I seriously thought I'd be dead. I woke up at three in anxious thought thinking, was my brother all right? Once again, I checked my phone, but still there was no reply. I remember feeling angry then, unloved and torn apart. For in that message I sent to him, I'd completely poured out my heart. How could he be so cruel to me and not even say happy new year? With that thought, I just closed my eyes, fell asleep on a pillow of tears. 6.20 a.m., my brother Steve came in, saying, Jen, get out of bed. I laughed, rolled over to go back to sleep, thinking surely he's messing with my head. Again, he came in with a serious tone, Jen, please get up out of bed. So up I sat, put both feet on the ground, rubbed my eyes. They were tired and red. Slowly stood up and crept out the room, stepping over my niece on the floor. Yawning, I made my way into the hallway and into Steve's room next door. He was sitting on his bed, a strange look on his face. Lorraine had her back to me. He patted the bed for me to sit down, grabbed my hand and gave it a squeeze. I looked at his face, eyes filled with tears, and instantly I knew. Those last few weeks, what I'd feared most on his face, I read it came true. Holding my hand with a quivering voice, he spoke words that shattered my heart. It's Dave, he's in the hospital, we need to get down there fast. He kept saying words, I don't know what they were, I remember ambulance and revive. He's in a bad way in ICU, the machines keeping him alive. I got in the shower, naked and bare. There are no words to describe my pain. I fell on the floor, rocking back and forth as my tears ran down the drain. God, I said, you wouldn't, you can't. You know he is my life. You already have mom, is that not enough? I need him to survive. We got in the car to make our way down to Sydney, just me and Steve. Not knowing what to expect once there, the whole thing was so hard to believe. A five-hour drive made in just over three, but it felt like it went for years, waiting with angst to see our sweet brother, our eyes always filling with tears. We pulled up to the hospital, parked the car, walked quickly to the door. No amount of bracing ourselves could prepare us for what we saw. Stepped out of the elevator and into a room that was full of our family. Every voice went quiet as I stepped into the room. Tear filled my eyes all staring at me. Hugs and embraces, Tears and questions circled around the place, everyone trying so hard to be strong, but fear was on every face. Steve took my hand, Rod took the other as we walked to the room where he lay. 
There on the bed, tubes down his throat, was our precious brother, Dave. I grabbed his hand, I cried to God, wake him up, God, don't let him die. Dave, it's Jen, can you hear my voice? If you can, just open your eyes. For six long days, in and out, people would come and go. For six long days, I held his hand, whispered, I'll never let you go. For six long days, I'd sing to him, I'd read to him, I'd cry. For six long days, I prayed to God, God, please don't let him die. For six long days, I waited to hear the words that he'll be all right. But on day six, I heard the words, we're turning it off, it's time. We said goodbye to our precious Dave like six months before to our mother. I fell to my knees, asked God, how will I cope in this world without my big brother? So that, my friends, is the story of why I cry on New Year's Eve. It is the night all those years ago, we lost the Dave out of Jen, Dave, Rod, and Steve. Yeah. <clears throat> oh. <laughs> wow. Beautiful. So that's really Yeah, I read this. This was sent a little while ago and it's heartbreaking uh, in November. And beautiful. And it was and, just yeah. And such a wonderful It's long, but I want I, I think it was good to share and, and thing to Jennifer, share, right. I hope you, know, you hear and, that. And so many people Thank unfortunately you have suffered similar similar scenarios, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and seventeen years and that's still I mean, how could that ever leave? You know? Well, it's true too. Like, why do you get sad on New Year's Eve? I mean, ugh. yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the power, the power of our relationships, and you know, it's like we we need to honor these things because they just inform everything about mm -hmm. how our lives function and who mm -hmm. we are and who we become and. That's a sad. It's a sad story. It is a sad story. And um, and there's a lot of people who've had tragic, sad stories. And yet, you know, you you share that, and you realize that you can come through those things. And it doesn't mean that it ever goes away. It just means that there's a healing process, and that we can, you know, how will I ever survive? And yet. She survives oh, yeah. and write something that I hopefully will be powerful and have impact for people who have just heard exactly. that. Exactly. And that's why I wanted to read it. I mean, it was just, I, when I read it, I was crying my eyes out. I had to, you know, of course, forward it to you. <laughs> I had to, you know, we read that in, I read that in November, I think. <clears throat> so. Oh, it's just so beautiful. But Jennifer, thank you. and Thank you, Jennifer. I know that when I hear, you know, there's like comforting and inspiring, you know, and I, I think that I always say, you know, some people, everybody has their opinion, like, oh, you know, AA is like, I look at like, you know, things like AA or Hoffman mm -hmm. or these groups that are formed that are like support groups. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know what? It's so nice to share with people who've experienced the same things, mm -hmm. especially in tragedy or challenges or things that are to have a group of people that you can actually talk to or share with 
that find something so relatable. It's so important. You know, we need to tell our stories. And keep sending those submissions, you know, to siblingsubmissions at gmail.com. Love reading them. Submissions. Sibling submissions. At gmail. At gmail.com. I read. And share happy and sad. I mean, it's happy and sad. Oh, that, by the way, the crazy, crazy shit, too. I love, love that stuff. I've read everyone. Kate's busy. I've read everyone. You're I, such a liar. <laughs> you have not read everyone. I love reading them. I love you. Love you too. I love sharing these emails with every, with yes, with everybody. I, I, I hope um you you loved it too and uh keep sending us the emails. Submissions. And uh submit. Submit. <laughs> to submit. <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. We out later. Sibling Revelry is executive produced by Kate Hudson, Oliver Hudson, and Sim Sarna. Supervising producer is Allison Bresnik. Editor is Josh Windish. Music by Mark Hudson, a.k.a. Uncle Mike.